Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to our weekly edition of 52 Players. Frank McKay here, so much more importantly. Today we pay tribute to a man who lost his battle with cancer only yesterday. Supreme Court Justice Howard Heckman is the voice that you'll be hearing from an interview in 2015. It was while he was running for the bench. He was successful and success was something that he found on the bench as well. I can't find anyone who has a bad word to say about Justice Heckman. His demeanor on the bench, his intellect, his preparedness, his kindness is second to none. Judge Heckman was a graduate of Villanova Law School. He was the principal law clerk for two well-known Supreme Court justices, Tannenbaum and Baisley. He was married to the same woman, Susan, for his entire adult life. He leaves behind three children who are all very successful and four grandchildren who aren't old enough to understand what I'm saying yet, but I assume one day they may be listening. And to them, you'll be hearing the words and the voice of your grandfather, who is somebody you could be very, very proud of. You'll hear in his voice, you'll hear in his words, someone who's completely humble. You wouldn't know from the conversation what his lot in life was. You would just see and hear an intelligent, compassionate man. And once he was elected, he didn't change an ounce. He was exactly like that until the day he died, which was yesterday. The world has lost a wonderful man, a great judge, and even a better human being, Howard Heckman. Very proud to present this week's 52 player, the late great Supreme Court Justice, Howard Heckman. How are you, Howard? Good. Very good. Thank now, you, Frank. Yeah, and let me just explain to everyone who we're speaking with. Uh, we're speaking with someone who's been in the Supreme Court system for uh, for many years, 24 years, if I remember correctly, under uh, Melvin Tannenbaum, uh, Supreme Court Justice Melvin Tannenbaum. And at this point, it looks like Howard Heckman will be uh, joining uh, the the ranks of, of Tannenbaum and, and others that are out there on Supreme Court. So uh, it, how, how goes the campaign, Howard? Oh, I've been pretty busy. It's almost uh, every night you have to go somewhere, and uh, my handlers send me to wherever I have to go. Nashville and Suffolk counties, of course. Yeah. Now, for those who don't know, the 10th Judicial uh, District isn't just Suffolk. It is Nassau and Suffolk County. So uh, you're probably at, at the top of the ticket in a year like this. 
Yeah, I think we're the very first uh, section of the of the ballot. It'll say justices of the Supreme Court of the state of New York, and it says, I think, select seven, because there's seven uh, openings uh, this year. And um, so we, my name will be third on the ballot as you uh, as you look at the ballot. Now, originally you're from Senator Riches or Mariches. Which one? No, actually, I grew up in Islip. Um, um, and I graduated from Islip High School in 1970. Uh, the Senator Riches connection was my dad. Uh, we we lived in Islip almost all, all you know all of his years of co- coaching and teaching in Senator Riches. He taught as the athletic director and physical education teacher at Santa Richards High School from 1945 to 1981. So we would often go out to see his you know, sports teams because he coached uh, soccer, basketball, baseball, women's softball, uh, women's basketball. He taught, he taught just about everything out there. And uh, so that uh, ultimately, uh, you know, we moved out here because uh, he was such a legend, you know, during his tenure. Well, that's that's for sure. Everyone I've ever spoken to uh, speaks of your dad in those terms, and and your dad passed a few years back. We're sorry to hear, but uh, somehow I think he's watching you, and he's uh, he's watching with pride. And on um, on election day, when uh, when those votes come in, I am sure Howard Heckman will be uh, among those uh, who are elected to uh, Supreme Court this year. Uh, Howard, you were born in in Southside Hospital in Bayshore, am I right? Yes. So I mean, do you consi- yeah. do you consider yourself more of an Islip resident, a Brookhaven resident, or you kind of split down the middle? Well, having graduated from Islip, I you know I, I played all the sports teams and stuff, so I was kind of proud of being a Buccaneer. Uh, although the one regret I have in my life that I think about sometimes is not having played at, at Santa Maria's because my dad was the coach there. It was sort of something that uh, I think I always would have liked to have played for him. I did play for him in Little League because he would race home from the games that he uh, coached at the varsity level, and he would all, he was also our Little League coach, uh, you know, when we were 11, 12 years old. But um, we moved out to East Marriches, to Center Marriches, after I got married in uh, 1981, and uh, my three children attended East Marriches Elementary and Center Marriches High School. So I've pretty much become a, a hybrid. I, uh, I'm a red devil at heart because I, you know, I, my, my children went to Santa Rich's High School, and and uh, my dad's got the uh, is on the Hall of Fame wall in the in the school district. But I also have an ISO background where I, I played for all the sports teams there, and you know, have fond memories of uh, of having uh, graduated from the from the school. You know, Tom Veriza uh, was a uh, major league shortstop with uh, with the Detroit Tigers, and maybe played with the Mets for a little while. I, he probably came a little after you. You know the name Tom no, Veriza? Frank, actually, I played with Tom Veriza from Little League all the way up. He graduated a year after I did. He graduated in 1971, and recently passed away, which is very sad. But I played, you know, from Little League to JV to varsity with him. I was the second baseman, and he was the shortstop. And uh, it was kind of fun playing, uh, you know, the last, my senior year, we had the best record in, in the county during the season on the baseball team. And we would have 10, 12 scouts at each game. So it was, it was uh, quite a, 
quite interesting to be able to play at the, at the level that we played. And, you know, I, I was lucky to see a professional player who was, Tommy was actually drafted 11th in the country in 71 and signed, I think, for about a $40,000 bonus, which in those days was a lot of money. But, uh, yeah, was I, I was deal. lucky to play. That was a big deal, $40,000. <laughs> no, that's why there were so many scouts there. I think we own my senior year and then his senior year. I think the baseball team only lost about three, three maybe four games the entire time. No kidding. That's interesting. Yeah, I, the last time I, I spoke to you, we didn't we didn't bring that up. I just thought of it mm-hmm. now. Verizon was uh, such a, a big name. I got to meet him a few times. Let me remind folks who I'm speaking to. This is Frank McKay, but more importantly, Howie Heckman is our special guest. He is a uh, an attorney, very prominent attorney, and has worked in the court system for many, many years. And uh, at this point, at this point, he is uh, is running himself for the first time in all these years, running for Supreme Court Justice. Howard Heckman is our very special guest, and and again, let's let's touch on the sports uh, just a little bit more. Uh, Tom Verizer and you were a double play combination, I, and who were the scouts there to see? Were they there to see you or Tom? <laughs> no, they were there to see Tom. I was, I was tell people that I, I was as good a fielder as Tom, and I had a really strong arm, but I couldn't hit like he could, and uh, I, I couldn't run as quite as fast as he could, but we also played on other teams together. We played on the basketball team. He was a terrific athlete. I, I, had, I had seven you know, varsity letters from soccer, basketball, baseball. I was the captain of the soccer team and an all-county player, and uh, we also played with another, I played with another uh, individual teammate who became a professional soccer player he was, a, he was a goalie by the name of Alan Mayer and he was actually the highest paid soccer American born soccer player years ago and when they had the indoor soccer league he, and, and he played the outdoor league when they had the I think it was uh, when the Cosmos were around but uh, you know it was just very fortunate because we always had very good teams our soccer team was also had the best record in the county and unfortunately we Tommy broke his leg during a game against Brentwood in the county semifinals, I believe, and we lost in overtime. But you know, it was it, a big part of my life was athletics. I think because of you know my dad being involved in all that stuff, and and it was uh, it was a lot of fun, and it opened a lot of different doors for to meet with different type of people. Well, Howard Heckman Jr. I guess is your dad, right? You're the th- are you the third? No, I'm Junior. Oh, you're Junior. Okay, <laughs> Howard's the original. He's the original. Uh, what was yes. his dad's name? You didn't have a Howard before him. You got four in a row. No, now. his it was well. His dad's name was Frederick, and I have a brother named Fred. When when my an older brother, and when he was born, usually the firstborn son is named after the father. But my dad's father was at the time in critical condition and and about to pass away and. So they decided, you know, in, in his memory, that they would name uh, the first son after my, what would be my grandfather. So I, when I was born, about f- five years later, I became Howard Jr. Yeah, now, yeah, you have uh, four now, right? There's a uh, there's a Howard right, the fourth. Uh, I have a son, uh, Howard the third, and he just uh, on July 26th became a father, and I became a grandfather of Howard the fourth. Well, congratulations. He's upstairs, he's upstairs right now with his with his grandma. Yeah. Well, listen. Congratulations. There's nothing like that. And and uh, and your your dad. Uh, for folks that are listening, uh, Howard Heckman Senior is uh, was a legendary legendary coach as as his son here running for Supreme Court 
Justice uh, can can tell you uh, it's uh, it's like having a celebrity as a father, especially in those <laughs> that area over there, a well, legend and they, a celebrity. They thought so much of him at where I live that they named the ball field after him behind the school uh, school district. You know, Howie Heckman Field. It's kind of funny because sometimes. My coworkers will come in and says, "Is that field named after you?" And I said, "Well, I wish it were." <laughs> but uh, actually, and he's also a member of the, the Suffolk County Sports Hall of Fame. He was inducted in the year two thousand, which is a great organization. Uh, Eddie Morris and those guys they uh, they recognize uh, local local talent and local uh, folks that should be recognized. When was the field named after your dad? When was it named Howard Heckman Field? I think it was around the mid-90s where they, uh, I, 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 I remember the ceremony. I have pictures of it. I'm actually looking at the pictures of it now. And uh, it was uh, probably in the mid-90s when my sons were on the JV soccer team because they, were, they were, had a homecoming event that day and they were playing Mattituck, their arch rivals. And my dad came out and they, uh, he gave him a little fiery speech you know, when the ceremonies were going on to get the team ready to play. And it was nice to have his grandsons you know, seated and watching him. What was he like when they, they told him they were going to name the field after him? Was he, uh, was he touched by that? Was it just a, a natural course of action? He just figured, hey, why not? I, what, was his, uh, what was his reaction? Do you remember? It's hard to describe. He, I mean, he took it in stride. I, I think he, he thought, <laughs> the one thing I recall when the ceremony was going on is that it's a really nice, or was a nice, I haven't been back there in a while, but it's a red sign and it has gold lettering and it's really quite nice, but beneath it were a lot of flowers. And during the course of his talk, he would say, I hope this isn't my burial spot here. <laughs> <laughs> but he had a, quite a sense of humor. If, if you, I'll never forget uh, um, uh, it was, I guess it was May 4th, 2000, the induction ceremonies into the uh, Suffolk County Sports uh, Hall of Fame. Uh, he gave an ad-lib uh, talk that had everybody rolling in the aisles for at least 15 minutes until my mom gave him the sign, like, you have to stop now. <laughs> but he was quite a quite an orator once he got going, and he, he was famous more so for challenging you know, the, his, his, uh, his kids, challenging Paul Gibson challenging, you know, all the players that he had on his, you know, his championship teams to, uh, you know, to play better. And, uh, you know, they, they used, I, I've heard from most of the kids that they're not kids anymore, that they would tell me, boy, he's the most memorable person they ever met because, you know, all those bus trips out to East Hampton, he would have something to say to get you ready for the game. And, and usually they were pretty successful. Howard Heckman. If you're just joining us, is our very special guest uh, Howard Heckman Jr. Uh, you still keep that, right? Even after, uh, e even yes. after your, your dad passes, I, I think it's a an option, right? They give it as an option. You could keep it. Well, I, in my case, I think you know, it was only one Howard Heckman in the sense of where, you know, what, what he accomplished. So I was, uh, I would always keep the junior. And again, Frank McKay here, and I'm very proud to have a a wonderful attorney and someone who's uh, built a name for himself. Uh, and and that one little area always going to be Howard Jr. Right, but uh, <laughs> throughout the the tenth judicial district, it looks like uh, it looks like things are going well for you, and we won't take anything for granted. Howard Heckman, he's one of our fifty-two players. Each week, we we recognize uh, men and women. Fifty one of fifty-two. Uh, 
folks in Nassau and Suffolk County who are, are the power players, and certainly this man belongs on this list. 24 years in the system under, uh, you know, a very powerful and a very, very good judge, uh, Melvin Tannenbaum. Uh, let's do your history. I, Go ahead. I'm yeah, sorry. that's what I was going to say. I'm actually in my 28th year in the Supreme Court now. I was, I was 23 and a half years, I think, with the, the principal law clerk, the Supreme Court Justice Tannenbaum. And uh, since then, that was hits uh, in the year 2011. He turned 76, so he, they had to mandatory retire. And since then, I've been a court attorney referee, which encompasses a lot of the same type uh, work uh, that you have as a principal law clerk in the trial assignment part with uh, Supreme Court Justice Paul Baisley. And before that, from 1979 through 1988, I was an assistant district attorney in the Suffolk County DA's office. So I've been practicing law in New York about 36 years. Well, it's you know quite a resume, and and it'd be a nice topper to have a Supreme Court justice added to that. You mentioned Paul Baisley is another excellent judge. He's someone who you know I don't know well, but everyone talks about how how good and how solid a, a, a judge. Baisley is, and he's fair, and he's uh, and he's bright. Uh, you, you've worked for good men. You've worked, uh, you know, under good men, and you know, hopefully, it'll uh, it'll uh, it'll continue on. I think, I think Justice Tannenbaum's uh, recognized as a brilliant jurist. He was he was very very bright, and I learned a lot from him because when I started with him in May of 1988, I didn't know much about the the civil law, and I and 24 years later, I. I think I've seen most everything, you know, during during his uh, my tenure with him, and Justice Baisley is a terrific, terrific man, bright, very uh, affable, very knowledgeable, professional. I, if I am successful, I would pattern my my uh, judicial personality, you know, in much the same manner as he does, because he's just he's so. Uh, professional and and listens to both sides and sits down and tries to do the you know the best that can can be done when there's uh, combatants at war with each other in the courts and I'm Again, you are listening to Howard Heckman. Remember that name, Howard Heckman? And this is Frank McKay, and you can find him for Supreme Court Justice. Uh, and you're running on a, a, an unusual uh combination i shouldn't say unusual but a combination you don't see all that that often and you're running as a, you're a conservative you're a registered conservative and voters seem to like that they love uh, voting for conservative judges but you're you're cross endorsed by the democrats and and the independence party so uh, it's uh, it's a it's a unique uh, it, it's a unique situation that that well, democratic I, line and conservative line usually do very well together i think I- I fit to that some of those categories because I am a you know conservative person at heart. I you know have a family and I do the best I can when doing things the right way. And, and I, I had I have been told that I'm a little compassionate towards things uh, in the in the law area uh, because I you know you take it case by case and you and working as an ADA you have to be responsible not just for the people of the state of New York, but for the def- some of the defendants that come be- before you and some of the situations that you uh, you come upon. So uh, I think it's probably a good combination. We, we've had representative a representative of me. Yeah, we, we've had a conversation uh, off mic uh, about you working in as an ADA, and for those who don't know what that is, that's a, a assistant district attorney, and you worked in uh, in district court, which is a, which is a little hectic, and you, and you see. 
different type of folks there. It's it's a criminal court, but it, you know you're not dealing with the hardened necessarily uh, dealing with the hardened criminals. You're dealing with with folks uh, a lot of times who made. Uh, you know, stupid mistakes, you know, a, a kid, you know, a kid vandalizing something or a kid, uh, you know, uh, doing something, uh, public drunkenness. What, you know, give us an example of what the misdemeanor is in the district. Well, when, I, right, when I first started uh, in the in the district attorney's office in district court, they uh, they, they assigned then you to the arraignment part where, where everybody was just arrested and then they come in, everybody comes in handcuffed side by side by side. And one of the things I noticed, and it left a big impression on me, was you had the hardened criminals sitting next to the young man who was 17 years old who had never committed a crime before. Now, the hardened criminals, well, we we would ask for high bail, and if they've been a, a risk to not come back to trial and, you know, do what you have to do with respect to somebody who's declared war on society. But... I was left with a distinct impression a lot of times because we'd be down there for the first three or four weeks working, and you'd come, you'd have a 17-year-old boy who'd never been arrested before who got in with a bad crowd, and he'd come before the judge, and you were the ADA that was going to decide, you know, what kind of bail, if any, you were going to ask for, and it, it, inevitably his parents would come forward. And oftentimes the mother would be crying, the father would be so embarrassed by the situation, and. You know, it, it, your heart kind of melted at the time, the, and the realization that this kid got in with the wrong group but did something really stupid. And uh, you know, you, it, it, the judge has a, I think, a major role there, I guess, because he is sort of a role model, sitting up and saying, "Don't let ever let this happen again. Look what this did to your mom. You know, you don't want to ever come back and embarrass your family like this." And Hopefully, you know, uh, I, I, thinking of that, uh, you know, there's some impression made where you can actually save a child's life at that point. So it's not just prosecuting, you know, the hardened criminals there. You make adjustments to each situation when you see it. And and uh, that left a very distinct impression on me. And if I do become a judge, I, I would act accordingly, you know, in, that, in those type of situations. I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in. You've been listening to our weekly edition of 52 Players. As we pay tribute to a wonderful jurist, Supreme Court Justice Howard Heckman was our very special guest. Back in 2015, we replayed this interview, and one of the reasons why is to to show the humility he had then and to point out that it hadn't changed the same humble man that you heard in 2015 before he was elected to Supreme Court is what you had in him the whole time. And again, speaking directly to his four young grandchildren who won't hear this for a long, long time. They won't understand this for a long, long time. But your your grandfather... Uh, was respected by everyone who ever met him and loved by anyone who ever met him. And I can't say that about too many people, if anybody else. Your grandfather, Howard Heckman, was a wonderful, wonderful man. Frank McKay signing off. Our tribute has been to Supreme Court Justice Howard Heckman. We'll see you all next time on 52 players.